This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 13. Coming up, we discuss what is stress. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast, the podcast dedicated to navigating how we can all improve our health and well-being through small habits that we can start implementing right now. I'm Chuck Gatica, your host. We're glad you're back with us. Last week, uh, several weeks in a row, we were talking about well-being with Cindy. We had a blast doing that. She's an adventurer, and she brought that spirit to this, and it worked out great. And she was also representing Michigan State, so we're going to offer some balance. Each week, we are going to sit down with a certified health expert from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and dive into topics from nutrition to well-being to stress reduction, and we're going to get into that today. Today we are talking about the topic of stress. I'm not stressed out. I mean, don't be stressed out if you're listening. We want to bring you down. Dwayne DeFranco, who's uh, an MD, Dr. Dwayne is here. He's a board-certified psychiatrist, currently senior medical director at Blue Care Network of Michigan. He's a graduate of the University of Notre Dame, where he received his Bachelor of Arts with honors in uh, pre-medical science and philosophy. He also received an MD degree from the University of Michigan. So there are some of our balance there. I think everybody will applaud now who's You're a U here of M for fan, balance. a Notre Dame fan. Good to see you. You too, Chuck. Thank yeah. you. It's good to have you here. And, you know, this idea of stress, there is so much we're going to talk about. I'm really excited to do this because I'm not stressed about it. I know I'm going to get some tests. I'm not even stressed about that for future <laughs> podcast episodes, you know? So this is really good. What is stress, first of all? Can you set the table and help us understand it? Sure. What people need to know, I think, is that uh, stress is a very normal reaction. Mm -hmm. It's something that whether you choose to think evolution or God, it's something we were given to help us out. And that strikes people as being very strange mm. because, you know, when we think of stress, we think stress equals bad, stress equals I must get less of it. Yeah, And I'm not here to say that that, of course, isn't a large part of the problem and that we have to talk about because people can have too much stress. But in the right doses, for the right reasons and at the right times, stress can actually be something that's sort of good for us. And so as we approach it, we ought to consider not necessarily eliminating it, but using it and getting it to help us motivate ourselves towards positive things. That's what it's there for. And I can give some examples. We can talk about that. So you can rewire your brain to some extent. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, see, that's encouraging because I see, again, out of my five kids, we've got a son. We always joke with him. One of the five. <laughs> if a flying saucer landed in the backyard, he would be He'd cool. just be fine. Cool. Yeah, What's fine. next? And somebody else would be completely freaked out in the family. Same family. Right. This idea of what is stress, let's talk about what it isn't. Did we actually say what it isn't? Because there are some things that we do. We use the phrase, I'm stressed out. We use it all the time. Oh, the light's too bright. I'm stressed out. Does everything really stress us out? What isn't stress or what shouldn't be categorized as stress? You know, I think in a later episode, we're going to talk about diagnosable mm. depression, anxiety, uh, et cetera. A lot of the response that we have to a stressful stimulus looks and feels a lot like some of the things that we experience if we're experiencing a major depressive episode or a diagnosable anxiety 
episode. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about here. Those two things definitely have sort of a, a two-way communication with one another. One can lead to the other, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about when we talk about stress is that experience we all have, some of us more than others, some of us more problematically than others, but all of us to a degree. And interestingly, you mentioned your son who's, you know, Mm -hmm. calm and Mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, he is going to experience stressful stimuli and he is going to have a stress response. That's human. You can't have a heartbeat without that. And it's a good thing. It evolved to help us along. Imagine you're a caveman, you're walking along in a tall field of brown grass and all of a sudden a brown hidden saber-toothed tiger jumps up in front of you. Your reaction, we've all heard about the fight or flight reaction, that's going to kick in and without even thinking about it, you're either going to run like heck or ready your spear for a counterattack. That is an example of a stress response. The stressor, the stressful stimulus is the tiger. The stressor. Yeah. I think it's helpful to weave in a couple of the technical terms because it tells people, one, hey, people are thinking about this and actually like have studied it. There's some science around it, number one. Number two, a lot of what we struggle with when we struggle with stress is kind of misunderstanding it, exaggerating it, et cetera, and using precise terms helps us. So, right, the tiger is the stressor. My response, what might happen to me? I might get tense muscles because I'm ready to fight. Mm Mm-hmm. My nostrils flare, I start breathing heavy, and I'm ready to go. That's my stress response. If I didn't have that stress response, I'd be dead. So that's a very concrete example of how a stress response can be very adaptive, very helpful. That's what it's there for. That's what it's trying to do. And in that respect, Chuck, it's a lot like other things that we experience that are not pleasant but that are good for us. And I'll give you a great example, pain. There's a condition, it's extremely rare. At any one point in time, there's maybe 40 people on the planet with this condition called congenital insensitivity to pain. I love it when you talk like a doctor. Thank you. I, it's in my it's in my blood now. I just it's play been, one on podcast. It's, it's been it's been beaten into me, and I can't get it out. All right, no, I'm into it. So yeah, go ahead. Good. What is it? Congenital insensitivity to pain. Congenital means I'm born with it. It's okay. genetic. Yeah. They cannot experience pain, and I think when I heard that, I'm like, well, that'd be great. <laughs> you right. Know, live life without pain. No one with that disorder has lived past their fortieth birthday. Mm. Because we need pain to survive. These people get appendicitis and they don't know it until it's too late and their appendix is yeah, burst. Yeah. Because they never experience it. Or their pain. hand could be on a fire. Their or hand flame, could be on right? a fire. They yeah. get a sore on their foot like diabetics do. They don't know it. It gets infected. Pretty soon it's in their blood. They're dead. And the pain could have tipped them off. Mm-hmm. Stress is a lot like that. It doesn't feel good, but it can be helpful for us. Now, it can also be overdosed. And a lot of times stress becomes very problematic when it's exaggerated. We start making mountains out of mohills and we experience more of it. So it's a dandelion popping up out of the brown Mm -hmm. grass instead Mm -hmm. of a tiger and we react like it's a tiger. 
and any amount of stress can be problematic if it becomes chronic. You know, we just have no break from it at all for months on end. So you're telling us that nobody is immune from stress. I mean, it's going to come. It's good and bad stress, uh, you know, and that's pretty broad brush. But what I find interesting about your analogy is of a caveman, while we may not think of our boss as a caveman or a cavewoman, literally you could come out of your cave, your cubicle, and be greeted by the saber-toothed tiger of a of a boss that says, hey, where's that presentation? And that's fight or flight. It's the same kind of thing. Exactly. And you've got to learn how to come out of that when that boss turns around and leaves. You're not in danger of losing your life. It's not that. You've got to learn how to deal with it. Exactly. And we have it harder than our cavemen ancestors. And that's why our stress response is not well suited to our current environment. What do you mean we have it harder than a saber-toothed tiger that's going to bite my head off? Yeah, in a way we do. Well, we have it harder in the sense of how our stress response is going to help us. Oh, okay. Our stress response is really much better suited to those sorts of situations that are sudden, immediate, and brief. Mm -hmm. In our modern, technologically advanced environment, those aren't the kinds of stressors we have. We might, you know, if something bad traffic accident, something. But no, it's much more like you mentioned. The boss is on me. I might lose my job. They tend to be the same sorts of threats to life and limb. But, you know, these days, a saber-toothed tiger doesn't kill us. Yeah. Our careers over a period of years go down, and that's what we're afraid of. So it's much more complicated uh, these days. And that's what I meant when I said, you know, the cavemen had it easier. So can you work yourself up? I mean, I know the answer must be yes, but if, if you're the stressor is a dandelion, but it's influenced by gossip or too many pictures on social media or my job could be in jeopardy or the story you start telling yourself about why that phone call just happened. I could lose my job. It seems like we can just work ourselves into knots. Exactly. And you mentioned at least two of the great ones, I think. So one is social media. Mm. You get on Facebook, you know, nobody posts their bad moments on Facebook. Right, right. So, and I think we're all wise I'm to it now. I'm here with the kids in Italy, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think we're all wise to it now, yeah. but, you know, you look at, like, Facebook, and you're like, right. man, everybody has a better life than I do. Look <laughs> at how happy they are. Yeah. That's stressful. We live in crowded situations. Our bodies aren't well adapted to living in such close quarters with one another. That's stressful. Mm. We have chemicals in our environment that worsen it and heighten our stress response. And I hate to say it because I think a lot of us enjoy a Starbucks on their way in or a scotch on the weekend or something, but alcohol, caffeine, the cavemen didn't have to worry about those things. You, you, you know, I have a bottle of water now, but just for Your street cred, fine. I walked in with a cup of coffee from the Kerrig at home, you know, sorry. <laughs> I can't leave, I can't leave home without it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the sad fact of the matter is, is that these substances which are readily available to us make it harder for us to deal with stress. And a big one, a really big one Mm -hmm. is sleep. We are getting 25% less sleep than we did in the seventies. And we didn't get enough then. The invention of the incandescent light bulb really wasn't good for our bodies, our sleep. And sleep deprivation causes all kinds of problems and makes us much less able to mount a sort of effective, helpful stress mm-hmm, response mm-hmm. makes it more likely that our stress response is going to be over-exuberant, maladaptive, and not really help us out at all. So this is fascinating. And if we look at stress, 
can you break it down into components of what stress is and what are these components so we can start to recognize beginning, middle, end maybe? But what can we take from it, I guess, is another good way to look at it. Right. So, you know, I mentioned those scientific terms, yeah. right? And the way the scientists look at it is an event occurs, something in the environment occurs that's a stimulus or okay. it's a stressor. Mm -hmm. In your example is a great one. The boss gets upset with me, chews me out, tells me I did a bad job or something. That creates a stress response. And when we say I'm stressed out, what we're saying is I recognize that I am having a stress response. Yeah. Yeah. Right? My neck is tight or my muscles are tight or I'm, I ha I'm breathing differently. And there's several components to the stress response. And we usually are aware of only one or two of them. Mm. And everyone experiences stress in a little bit of a different way. And so what I come to recognize as my stress might be more in the emotional realm. Yours might be more in the physiologic realm realm. Interesting. Those of us who experience stress in the emotional realm are often much more aware of it because our emotions are there to communicate to ourselves and everybody sees them. We're not very good at hiding them. But there are four components to the stress response. There's that, the scientists call it the affective component. It's the emotional component. So we feel irritable, we feel angry, we feel anxious, we feel depressed. There's a cognitive component. That's the scientific term. It's the thinking component, mm -hmm. the thoughts we have. When we're stressed, we tend to think things very negative. We tend to think things negatively anyway. It's just kind of the way most of us are built. Present company may be accepted. <laughs> but people have thoughts when they're yeah. stressed out. My boss hates me. I'm going to fail. I'm no good at this job. Mm -hmm. They tend to be little negative sound bites like that that are automatic and and we're not even always aware we're having them, but they're there just underneath our consciousness. Then there's the behavioral component of stress. We might sleep worse. Mm -hmm. We might snip at others very easily. Caffeine would come into that. And caffeine, yeah. and caffeine yeah. is going to make that worse, is going to disrupt our sleep cycle. Absolutely. And these are the main components of the stress response. And so when I look at people that I know in my circle, I also think about the idea that if one of those things happens to me, I and I said this to you off mic before we started, I'm kind of built like a duck. Things shed right off my back. I don't internalize. So even if I thought, oh, my job's in jeopardy, in about two minutes, that's gone. For other people, they could walk around with that and whip it up into a whole let me, let me narrative, right? Let me propose to you one way that what you just described, the way things happen for you, which I'm sure sounds enviable to a lot of folks who might be listening, and something that a lot of people experience instead, and how that might work. Okay. Those negative automatic thoughts I described mm -hmm. are powerful. There's a part of our brain that generates those. And there's another part of our brain. It happens to be the most recently evolved, the thing that separates us most from lower animals, that allows us to exert conscious control over it. Okay? So much of the stress response and so much of what makes problematic stress, problematic, mm -hmm. has to do with vicious circles. Something happens. I begin to have a stress response. Part of my stress response is I get tight muscles and I get pain. The pain is stressful and I'm at the back of the circle. 
So many of those vicious circles have to do with thoughts. The boss chews me out. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to fail. I can't make it. This isn't the job for me. What are those thoughts? Those thoughts are stressful. If I believe those things, I'm back at the start of the circle feeling even more stressed. But if I engage my conscious thinking and I realize, what, what, what do you mean the boss hates me? He just praised the thing I did last week. Why am I discounting that positive? Then I can begin to overlay a little bit of what's more realistic around those thoughts and change those thoughts. And it actually gets down to brain circuitry and that can directly lower my emotional content, my anxiety, lower my blood pressure and help me calm down. The good news is there are ways that... People who, for whatever reason, don't seem to do that as naturally Mm -hmm. as others Mm -hmm. can learn to do it very, very easily. So that's a hook for the future podcast episodes, right? We're going to come back and talk about this because this idea that we can, and I've been there. I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, right? I was just trying to paint a broad picture that we can get into these vicious circles. There's got to be a way to put a a block, a dam, if you will, at the river so we can divert to a different roadmap. And I think that's fascinating. So we're going to talk about that in upcoming podcasts. So you can help me? I I think I can. Okay, good. I know I'm going to try. (laughs) I think we're grading on a curve right now. So listen, (laughs) we want you to be back with us. We want to thank you for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like the show, you want to know more, you can check out a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast. And through this series, we'll be putting all kinds of links there that you can use. Evaluation tests may pop up, things that you can really use, news you can use. So listening to this is one thing, but you may forget a couple items or Dr. Dwayne DeFranco may say, hey, I've got an idea. We'll try to get those links there for you too. Leave us a review or a rating. You can do that on iTunes or Stitcher and you can get all the new episodes on your smartphone or tablet. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we talk about the benefits. That's right. The benefits of stress. Take care.